0: all right welcome back to sports talk 4 fans buff fans Brian here got our mystery angry fan with us again to talk some baseball uh baseball season starts on the seventh so uh with that being said we're gonna do some not really break down the teams but more so talk kind of the uh, the moves and things that are happening and have maybe friendly debate with our fan here on what uh, the right and wrong of happening in baseball. So, first off, let's get right into it. Got a series of questions for you to test and see how, how much you know. I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Easy. All right. For the season, which free agency signing or trade will have the biggest impact on their team?
1: Oh, so this is
2: not multiple choice, is it? This is just who will have the biggest impact. Correct. Oh gosh, uh, I'm going to ignore the one that I think you're going to throw at me just to make me mad. Um, ooh, that's a tough question. That's a tough one. Number one. Um, oh god, I want to say I want to say Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers, but that might be a little. I don't know. That might not be right because the Dodgers are going to be so good. I think they're so stacked. Um, I'll just – I'll throw a weird one out there. I'll throw uh, I'll throw Robbie Ray to the Mariners. I think he was a Cy Young winner last year, right, for Toronto, for the AL? Yep, um, yep. Just because he was on – I mean, the Mariners, they didn't have a great pitching staff last year. I think he'll have a pretty a big impact. I'm not sure he'll have a Cy Young, um, a Cy Young season up there, but I'll just say he'll be the biggest impact just because they, they, they'll finally have like a – "Quote unquote number one pitcher up there, and they may compete this year. They may be good. So crappy division. Yeah. So I'll go with Bobby.
0: Uh, right. Out of curiosity, can you name anyone else in that starting rotation?
2: Uh Himchi Kua Uchikua. He yep, he's gone. He's
0: there? he's on the he's on the Blue Jays. And your name—it's completely wrong. There's like three or four or five K's in his name, Kikuichu or some crap like that. Yeah. So um,
2: a number. Oh, God. Another Seattle Mariner starting pitcher. Um, give me five seconds.
0: No. Nope. All right. So, so you're wrong. Um,
2: Nobody can. can. Yeah. Can you? Is yeah. So five they are just going to throw him? Yeah, they, they, they,
0: have, they have five pitchers. They have five pitchers <sighs> Robbie Ray is, I guess you could say the most proven, even though his track record is kind of hit or miss, even though he had a great year last year. He's one of those yeah, pitchers that really- when he puts it together, he's like, he's like Patrick Corbin. When he puts it together, he's amazing, but you know, it's not every year. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna say Freddie Freeman. You, that's correct. That that is going to be one of the biggest signings because just simply because market value. That, this is why market value. It was a great signing because he was expected to get way more money going somewhere else or back to the Braves. So you know, it's yes. a great contract. You know, lineup stacked. The other one, the other one, that's great. Is the Rangers improving their middle infield? You know. Not that's to say true, that right? it's going to win, but, you know, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon shoring up the middle of the infield in uh, a, a questionable L. West. So that's you know, that's the other correct answer. Robbie Ray. Great answer. Um, you're hearing a lot of talk about the Mariners potentially winning the World Series, winning the division, all these things.
2: Oh,
0: oh God. Not going to happen. Sorry. Um it's no, no, not going to happen. Starting no pitchers, Dr. <laughs> Robbie Ray. Yeah. Marco Gonzalez, Logan Gilbert, oh. Chris Flexen, and Matt Brash currently is on the depth chart. So that could obviously change back and forth. But, um, but one thing that they do have to put them over the top for you specifically, they have Sergio Romo in the bullpen.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I'm all for Sergio Romo. As long as he takes his pants off again and whips his belt off in frustration oh, while yeah. you check him for illegal substances, yeah. then I'm, I'm all for him staying in the league. I didn't yep. know he was still All pitching. Right.
0: I didn't know he was still pitching. Yep, he is. Uh, you're welcome. All right, Decent. which team, as a whole, improved the most this
2: offseason? Oh man. Uh, oh, I, I mean, you kind of just said it. I'm just. Oh man, shoot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Rangers just because they did, like you said, they they got stacked in their infield. Um, I don't think that's the right answer though. So I'm I'm
0: curious of what you're going to say. Oh yeah, of course you're wrong. Um uh, completely wrong. The Rangers have nothing else outside of that. There's their starting pitcher to open the season is John Gray, uh, the former pitcher oh for the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, so, yeah.
2: yep, He's a red you, you got that. Too, that's not good. So yeah, outside those two
0: moves they made, not much else going on at Texas. However, it is the West is trash. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm exactly. a fan of of the West and we are, we are trash. But the, the correct answer is as much as I, you of all people are going to disagree regardless. I don't care. But the I, Mets, not oh, just, good good good. Good moves, yeah, yeah. Not just the moves. But, I mean, yes, they, you know, they added Scherzer, uh, Canna, Marte, a couple others. The biggest impact of the Mets is the coach. Buck Showalter. So,
2: oh, I forgot about that.
0: He, he took the dumpster fire known as the Baltimore Orioles, attempt to, who knows what the hell the Baltimore Orioles are always attempting to do, plus their fans, but he made them competitive every year. And last year, the Mets were in third place, 77-85. There's definitely a chance, I mean, they they should either win the division or be second place. I I think second place is a reasonable expectation, for the Mets in competing for one of those wildcard spots in the playoffs. So that's why, yeah, that's why you're wrong. The other side, if you go to the other division, the correct answer in the AL the Blue Jays, Kevin Gosman, uh, been nice. a great pitcher. Great pitcher lately. You're familiar with him being on the Giants last year, sub-3 ERA. Yeah. Uh, however, when he was with Baltimore, he did have several years pitching below a 4 ERA back in his first couple of years coming up, so going back to L.E.s, got a good chance. The other side of it is, you know, I always defend Matt Chapman as arguably the best defensive defensive third baseman in the baseball, not overall. Um, he batted two ten last year and still had a 3.5 WAR. Blue- so, um, you know, Blue Jays are the correct answer. Uh, Ranger probably like, just. all right.
2: Bad answer. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, bad yeah. answer. I'll take the yep. yep. no
0: on one. Yep. All right. Which team did the worst this offseason?
2: Oh, that's a, that's an easy one. Which team spent zero? I spent more on baseball this year than your Oakland athletics or elephants or whatever they are. <laughs> um, I- I think you have to say the Oakland A's because they sure they may have got some draft picks but I just don't I, I was talking to somebody else about this today this these small market small market teams it's like it's just brutal to watch um thankfully all of my teams are big market teams so I don't ever have to worry about my team's not spending money um I, I think that's the most obvious answer because they didn't – are they the only team that didn't spend a dime on free agency? A penny. Uh,
0: penny. Yes, I believe they are the only team. And and this time you are correct. They didn't sign a single free agent. They traded away four – you (laughs) can call them four high-end caliber players. Yep. Um, And they are now farther from having a stadium because of some bunch of legal issues that just popped up. Uh, So now there's more talk of them going to Las Vegas again. But all this just makes them – have, you know they're the worst. In terms of offseason, they did the worst uh, because you know they, they actually they're taking their cast off prospects like Sheldon and Billy McKinney, and they've uh, brought them back and they're oh. competing for starting positions. So uh, the other team, though, how about this? I have a second team. Who do you think? Who do you think I would have down as the other team that did the worst this off season? It's one of the bigger market teams
2: uh huh. i'm stumped i don't know i'm just gonna just uh, uh, i'm
0: gonna say houston because i hate them okay yeah no that's uh i, I probably should have put that but um the yankees because they didn't do enough to keep up with everyone else uh and, and we can well,
2: up,
0: yeah. yeah so we can kind of talk and they made a kind of a couple of weird trades yes they got a they got rid of uh, your boy Gary Sanchez. Um, but, you know, they talk about this whole offseason going into everything. We heard about the shortstop market going to be highly competitive and the Yankees are going to be a part of it. But instead, they settled on, you know, the former Rangers traded to the Twins, traded to the Yankees shortstop. Can't even yeah. pronounce his name. They're not going to try exactly. to right now.
2: Queen Latifah. He, or
0: whatever. Yeah, Queen Falifah. Yeah, that's falafel. Yeah. Um, yeah, so pretty much that's who we have listed down as the Yankees or the other team that performed the worst. All right, how about this? Which team do you think will surprise people in terms of good or bad? So when I say in terms of good or bad, some teams are getting a lot of hype already. So which team may not live up to that hype? Or which team may come out of nowhere and surprise us? What do you think?
2: So I don't, and we, we already talked about. it. I don't think they're going to surprise me, but I think the I think the Mariners will surprise some people just because they've been so bad for so long, um, and they're in such a crappy division. Uh, trying to think how you think. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I I'm going to pick the Mariners. All
0: right. So the Mariners are not even favored to win their division or even get second place in their division. Uh, according to odds makers, depending on where you look, of course. Yeah. So, um, so who I at least put down is the twins, uh, adding Correa, uh, this polarizing cheater, if you will, um, Gary Sanchez, a catcher, Buxton got a huge contract and he stays on the IR. He doesn't play very much. Um, they're starting pitchers. They don't have starting pitchers. Uh, they traded for Sony gray, um, you know they, they added some stuff, but they've Dylan Bundy, but oh nothing, God. nothing enough. Yeah, that's their starting rotation. So, to me, the Twins are a team that uh, is, people are talking up that aren't going to be as good. They're they're projected and odds makers to be second in the AL Central, um, but I feel like they don't have the pitching, or enough star power. Correa is not going to fix those problems.
2: No, and putting him and Gary Sanchez in the same clubhouse, like I hope they. I hope they, I hope Gary Sanchez beats his ass. Yeah. yeah, It's a weird weird thing. Like you got a person who was on the Yankees team that they cheated against. And it's it's just weird. I don't know. It's a weird vibe.
0: Yep. 100%. All right. We're going to play. We're going to do a rapid fire with you right now. It's going to be, I'm going to name a team. And you're just going to tell me. Yeah. Or nah. If they're a world series contender. And then after we go through all this, we're going to break down where you're right and wrong.
2: All right, so not playoffs, just World Series, if I can see them in the World
0: Series. World Series, contender. So they they have all a right. chance to be in the World Series.
2: All right, that's fair. All right. All right. Uh,
0: all right, Orioles.
2: No, don't, don't even. no. Max Red Sox. Yeah.
0: Blue Jays.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yankees. Mm, Yeah, I think so. Rays. Yeah. White Sox. Yeah. Royals. Nah. Twins. Nah. Tigers. Nah.
0: Guardians. Well, you know, that never, new team. Never. Never. <laughs> Angels.
2: Nah, never.
0: Athletics.
2: Uh, who? The elephants. Elephants.
0: Nah. Elephants. Elephants. Okay. Nah, Astros.
2: Nah. nah. Mariners. Mm, nah, close, but not. Nah. Rangers. Nah. Mets. Nah, they have Max Scherzer. He can't even pitch in the playoffs. it so hurt his arm. He's too tired. Nah.
0: Noodle arm. Braves.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Nationals. Nah. Boring. Phillies. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. Marlins. Nah. Reds? Nah. Cubs? Nah. Brewers? Nah. Pirates? Nah.
0: <laughs> Stupid Cardinals.
2: Nah. Too old. Nah.
0: Uh, Padres?
2: Nah. They don't have a short stop. No. Nah. Nah.
0: Yeah, yeah, C.J. Abrams. Uh, Dodgers?
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Giants? No. Nah. Rockies? I'm going nah. to know what I'm asking the rest. You're saying not to the rest of the West. We already know that. Okay. All right. Trash. Let's go back and recap. What I did was I went on the oddsmakers. I will look up the top 10 World Series contenders in terms of odds of who's going to make it. So, you know, for people to bet on. So I'm only going to list out those ones first. So and the ones that you missed. So, you said the Red Sox were yes. They uh, are not one of the top 10 teams expected to make the World Series. So, even though they added Trevor Story, they have no legitimate starter. Chris Sale now is out for a couple months, I believe, with a rib issue. And there's is Nathan Eovaldi. So, that's where you're dumb. Uh, next, Blue Jays. Yes, Blue Jays and Yankees are actually tied for second uh, most likely to make the World Series. I mean, do you think that's so surprising?
2: Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I, I, I'm a little surprised that the, the Blue Jays and Yankees are tied with odds. I don't know if that's just because they're a Yankees. Um, I don't know. I feel like the Yankees. They have too many. They got too many players that just don't play anymore. They just start. Giancarlo Stan's gonna play what? What do you think? Fifty games, maybe, and he's gonna get hurt. Judge, same thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the Yankees are gonna be. Uh, I don't think they're gonna be at the top of that division. I think it's the Blue Jays division, and the shit, and the uh, and the Rays. I think they're gonna be the top two teams in the East this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Yankees, I mean, it, I mean, I think we're we're growing up and used to seeing them having these like star-studded lineups. Growing up, yeah. even back today the day, from, like, Jeter to Bernie Williams and, like, all these great players. But, I mean, their first baseman is Anthony Rizzo. They were supposed to be on the first baseman base sweepstakes, lost out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Donaldson's now their third baseman, who yeah. Urshela is is steady. And Donaldson, you know, I love him, but he's going to get hurt. We exactly. just uh, yeah. talked about, do you guys? They're going to get hurt. Joey Gallo, going to bat 200, hit 40 oh dingers.
2: Oh, my God. Forget yeah. he's even on that, like – yeah uh, there's aaron no, hicks. They made
0: no they made no big upgrades like like you're saying yeah, yeah it's, i don't, know, I don't yeah. understand it aaron hicks or centerville yeah so isaiah
2: kinner falelfa uh, by yeah, the way might. they still
0: they still have <laughs> they still have glaber torres by the way um yeah so and their pitch, their pitchers i mean once again it's you know that if they're healthy i mean garrett cole to uh what severino is in He the one to hit his wife uh Jameson Talon, but he, I mean, but, he but he can throw fast. So we're going to look the other way, and it's okay in baseball. So, you know, but Ray Rice yeah. out yeah. of football forever at the peak of his career. Good. You know, yeah, once his again, wife
2: pushed him and she just pushed him back.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, I think it's very confusing seeing them uh being competitive. I think the Blue Jays make more sense, but okay. um yep. You said the Rays, yep. So they're they're one of the top ten teams to make a world series. And of course, their roster stack are there. Cool.
2: They're always yeah, that
0: you they're a well run franchise. If you're looking to, you know, start restart your franchise if you're a you know, a pirates Orioles kind of team, like you should probably pull people from uh from their market just because of how well they can, you know, build prospects. And here's here's a question. Can you name anyone in their starting rotation this year?
2: <sighs> um Oh, my gosh. The Devil Rays starting rotation. Hey, um, man, we some fantasy drafts uh, recently, so I, I hope you can. What, what was that?
0: I said we did some fantasy drafts recently, so I know you've at least looked at some names here and there. I'm just but buying,
2: I'm, just, I'm just buying time. Um, yeah. Oh, think. oh, my – I know the guy's name because I, I had him in fantasy last year. I just can't think of him off the top of my head. That's how irrelevant the names of any players on that team are. So, no, I don't. I can't. Yeah, and one Deer of them
0: Price. has you. One of them has your same first name. Uh no, Derek Price is a great relief pitcher. Uh, anybody's Shane McClanahan.
2: That's Corey I was C- say McCullough. McCullough or something.
0: Like that. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're top pitchers out with Tommy John um, recovering. He may come back this year, but Corey Kluber, Drew Rasmussen, oh. Louis Patino, who's the big, I guess, the big prospect that people have been talking up, Ryan Yarbrough as a uh, number five. So you know, they just keep they keep turning out these prospects. I mean. I could do the same thing, like, hey, ask me ask me who their you know, one through nine is in the lineup. And it'd be probably a struggle kind of also outside of a couple. But um, they, they just do a great job of churning talent. So, uh, yeah, so you got right. So, so far, you're, uh, you know, Red Sox were not one of them. So, you three of four. Uh, White Sox, correct. Um, that's right. Then we pass on the next, I think, seven teams. The one that you pass on next was a little, I think, a little shocking. I almost feel like there's a little bias, but the Astros are still listed. I mean, they did play in the World Series last year. Uh they lost Correa but they got Verlander back so they really didn't lose everything. Um but yeah. they are a, they are a top 5 favorite and you have to remember they're playing the trash AL West um with now the A's tanking. Uh so that's more wins for them to get. That's true. That's uh Mariners. Mariners, you got that one correct. I was proud of you on that one. They are not a top 10 team. Yeah. Uh they were
2: uh, I mean they were uh, what, I think they missed out the wild card last year by a game or two like the last day. I could see yeah. them. I could see them getting in. I just don't think they're I just don't think they're world series uh proven yet. But
0: they uh give it a couple
2: the, years. A couple years they are be, the, the Arizona
0: Cardinals of baseball. Like they have to prove it. The Arizona Cardinals have not proved crap in football still. Uh um,
2: Well, that's cuz they have a female midget as quarterback, but I will not Yes.
0: Okay. well you went there but um just, yeah so the- you said no to the astros so that one you got wrong uh so no, got you, right. you got you. Agree, anyways you didn't okay um the Mets you said no they're actually uh tied with the astros and the braves as one of the favorites to make the world series um, i don't know yeah i mean it's kind of it goes with the things we were talking about before so i i think it's the stigma of the Mets uh and just what they are but the potential of the rotation when the odds could probably came out with the Grom Scherzer, Bass at number three, Carrasco coming back. Kid, yeah, yeah it's, it's a great starting five if everyone's healthy. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with the pitchers and because uh, that, that can be an issue. But the Mets, so you got that one wrong. Braves, that's an easy one. I'm surprised they're not. Um, I, I kind of feel like the Braves should be higher, maybe, but they, they are a top ten. Uh, so you got that one right. You said no to the Nationals. Correct. Uh, but you did say yes oh, to the God, Phillies. Yeah. That, they, yeah, that is incorrect on the Phillies. Uh, they will...
2: Okay, It'll they,
0: be fun to watch offensively. I'll give you that from... Sure. Yeah. Real Matthew, Hoskins at first, Segura at second, um, brother from another mother, Brighton Stott for me, a third baseman. Uh, oh. D.E. regis is a shortstop. Uh, and then their outfield now is Schwarber, O'Dubal Herrera, Bryce Harper with Nick Castellanos DHing. So there's a lot of offensive firepower in that but that rotation, uh, out after Zach Wheeler and Nola, it gets a little more questionable. I mean,
2: Gibson, yeah, I anybody else.
0: yeah they're okay. I, I think the big question has always been for them is their bullpen? They did get uh, your boy Kniebel, is that how you say him from the Dodgers? Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, I'd like yep. to see him come back on another, like, you know, one year deal. Yep. Got, so, yep. That good stuff.
0: He, yeah. he he slotted as a closer for the Phillies with Brad Hand, who uh, a former great closer for the for the Padres, uh, Familia, another great or not great, maybe a former closer for the A's and the Mets. So they the yeah. bullpen. You know, I think you are actually right on this. If the bullpen comes together, I think they, this is a team that could surprise some people. So oh, I'll give gonna you. Hit, they're going to hit outfield.
2: so many home run, like yeah, like I like oh, said, yeah. their outfield is going to hit ton of home run. i mean castellanos he's gonna hit 30 35 in, in philly i mean bryce harper if he comes back to what he was last year mvp caliber um yeah it's gonna be a fun offensive team but i don't know we'll see
0: yeah i think that could be a, you know looking this now it's more one of the underrated teams that could compete um so then we said no to a bunch of other teams and then you said no to the brewers however the brewers are Listed yeah, as one yeah. of the teams to compete, mainly because our top two pitchers of Burns and Woodruff have been so dominant. And even Freddie Peralta came on really strong last year as a third a third great starting pitcher. Um bullpen solid lights out. It's it's really their their uh their offense. You know, is Yelich gonna go back to what he was? They got McCutcheon, they have Lorenzo Kane, who's oh. always hurt. Um my cousin Colin Wong playing second base. Can, but here's the real mm-hmm. question Can you name their first baseman?
2: The days, of, is it that, that the days of Prince dude?
0: Fielder. Yeah, from Toronto, Rowdy Tellis. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. There you go. He's listed as he's their starting like baseman. He's he's like the perfect guy to be in Milwaukee playing baseball first base. Like, that's a I,
0: you know that is a hundred percent
2: Drinks beer and eats cheese all the time, and it works. So I mean it worked for Prince Fielder, Jesus. It, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if that person I mean, that'd really make me think. That person represents Milwaukee Brewers. Is there anyone else out there that represents their team based on the way they look?
2: Oh, that's, that's, oh man, I don't know. That's, uh,
0: let's come back to that. Well, I, we'll come back to that I maybe next one. time. That's, that's yeah. a good,
2: that's a good little discussion and uh, find some couple players on. Uh, yeah. I like that. I like that.
0: All right. We'll come back to that. But maybe we'll make that like a segment some other time, but all right, let's move on. Uh, you said no to the Potter is clearly that's a spite answer. I don't care what you say. hundred percent spite. Um, yeah. It, I, and I and the reason why I'm going to say this is yes they fell apart at the end of last year mainly because their starting pitcher was so bad I think I can't remember who the two yeah. starting pitchers were that they had to bring in but like Jared Arietta and uh, Vince oh, Velasquez terrible. were the two the two like I think they had eight starts and their ERA combined was like over a nine I think they finished the season 21 and 40 in, in their last 61 games or something uh, and they were only a couple games out of first place so the Padres yeah, you know, yes. Yeah. They 100% fell off. Tatis will be out for about three months, is what they're saying. Their starting pitching is healthy this year. Um, the person that you were kind of shit talking before is now back. So uh, you know Trevor Bauer's not back, a former Indian. However, Mike Clevenger is now pitching for the Padres. That's so true. Yeah. so you, for the Padres, you're looking at their star rotation. Um, you know, can they carry them? You have Yu Darvish, uh, Madeo, who they just got from the A's, Blake Snell, former Cy Younger, Clevenger, former. Cy Young candidate, Joe Musgrove, uh, a couple other top-end prospects. So, you know, can, can the pitching stay healthy and hold it down until Tatis comes back? And with that, you know, you know, being a Dodgers fan, outside of playing against the Dodgers who, and the Giants maybe, the other two teams are going to just give away free wins. So that's going to at least keep them exactly. afloat, I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Dodgers. How about, uh, this, how
2: about this little one? How about this one about the, uh, the Padres? Um, this is bad because I can't even think of the guy's name. He was on the Dodgers. They traded him. Um, I, oh my god, it's gonna be so mad. I'm
0: Mac Matt Beatty.
2: Beatty, Matt Beatty, that's his name. I'm embarrassed to know Beatty, that um, Beatty, as, a, as a Dodgers fan. You you heard the story? I'm pretty sure you did about the guy, the Dodgers fan at spring training who got Cody Bellinger and Matt Beatty's signatures. Like he got it like on his arm or leg or something, and he went and he got those signatures tattooed on his body. Did you hear about that?
1: <laughs> no,
0: I didn't. I think you were talking about it to me before, but I, I don't. I didn't actually read that article.
2: Yeah, first off, Cody Bellinger is probably going to be out of the league this year. He's terrible. Um, but then Matt Beatty, like, now he's playing for the pa- – like, now he's on your, your – not your biggest rival, because the Giants are, I think, our biggest rival. But, I mean, the, the Padres have been our most hated team the last couple of years just because how good they've been. Um, so bad luck for that guy. Uh, I hope he wears pants uh, for the rest of his life. But <laughs>
0: all right um i think going through the teams the last one was the dodgers that's pretty self-explanatory the dodgers um oh, just you know i it's I, not fair. I i think the only question you know tell me if i'm wrong the only question is the bullpen for the dodgers um
2: 100%.
0: yeah yeah because I'm, I'm training kimbrell yeah. hudson and then a bunch of the younger guys that just throw 100 mile 103 mile power heat so i guess if there is a a spot, maybe that's that's it. But um Yeah, yeah I, think... I mean
2: that's always that's been it the last couple years. Um it's been I mean, it's really been our closer. Jansen's been so iffy. Um he was decent last year, but I don't know what kind of Craig Kimber are they gonna get? Are they gonna get the Cubs kimberl his second well, second year there where he had like a sub two ERA or whatever? Um but well, he was terrible on the White Sox, he was terrible his first year with the Cubs. Um, just depends. I don't know. I guess uh Buterall, whatever his name is, he's been working on a a Jansen style cutter over spring training. So that would be interesting to see him throw a hundred and four with a ninety degree or a ninety mile per hour change up than a cutter. So I don't know. I think they're grooming him to be the, the closer for the future, which if he can control his pitches, he'll be a good closer. But uh yeah, weird weird trade. I didn't I didn't expect that Kimbrell for uh, for Pollock trade, but whatever. Pollock yeah. only plays like forty games a year, he gets hurt, so
0: exactly. Um uh, Dodgers have as many preseason wins as the Oakland Elephants. So I don't know what that says about <laughs> preseason baseball. But
2: hey, I mean uh, the Browns right. go undefeated in the postseason or in the preseason and look what pre-season happens to changes. them. So. Preseason means nothing.
0: Yep. Deshaun Watson can fix all those problems. Um exactly. yep. All right. Here's the final question for the MLB segment before uh, when we wrap it up. We're not going to do a full preview like we've done before. Uh But you know, if season starts tomorrow, so that's exciting. But Corey, so we can hold it against you. Who is going to play in the World Series next year? I already know one of the answers, but let's get just so you're you're going to say Dodgers. Who are the Dodgers going to play in the World Series?
2: So, oh man, that's a good that's a good question. Um, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Blue Jays, but I'm not, I'm gonna say the Braves get back. I just think I mean I think the Dodgers will get there. I think they're better, but I think the Braves are the second best team in baseball. I think they're they're stacked head to toe. Um they they got such young, solid, cute pitchers on their team. Um so I, yeah, I think it's a coin flip between the Dodgers and Braves, but uh I'm just going to go out on a limb and say the Blue Jays will be there with them.
0: Yeah, so actually I put down the White Sox or Blue Jays against the Dodgers. And I was going to ask you if not the Dodgers who, so I guess that I pretty, I think that answer's that question. Yeah, the Braves. You know if Acuna comes back cuz I mean, you know, <laughs> he he was hurt last year, so they have Acuna. They have Marcelo Zuna. Acuna Zuna um, is back. As you Ozuna. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, another wife beater. Uh, but MLB looks the other way. We don't. MLB doesn't promote their sport, and they allow wife beaters to come back to the game. It's really confusing. Of and we love baseball, it's really weird. Um, anyways, but yeah, I mean, you know, they added Matt Olson, Kelly, Jent, Kenley, Kenley Jensen. Oh, I Dutch. can't
2: wait. I cannot wait. I just cut you off. I don't care. I cannot wait for the Dodgers and Braves to play. And for Ooh. Kenley Jansen, like, I hope we lose the first game up until the ninth inning, and Kenley Jansen has to come in and protect a one-run lead. I can't wait. Cool. I can't wait. It's
0: going to be great. Uh, I mean, the, these two lineups are, are pretty stacked, so it's going to be – it's definitely I, – I could see the Braves and Dodgers being around for the next five years competing and being the top two teams in in the East, so it's definitely oh, exciting sure. seeing yeah. this stuff going on um yeah. yeah so baseball starts tomorrow are you uh are you abandoning yeah. work to watch baseball
2: i 1000 i will not i will not be at work um it should be a national holiday if if our commissioner which i won't even name him if if he had any uh if he had any nuts he would uh he would fight for ceiling. A national holiday nobody should be working during like, yeah it's just one game it means nothing at end of the season but that's the one day i i the one day i religiously take off i don't take off any other days Screw my kid's birthdays, my anniversary is sometime in July. I don't care. It's MLB baseball opening day and I'm taking it off and I'm not taking Friday or tomorrow off. I'm taking Friday off because that's when the Dodgers play. I don't care about the other teams. So, Oh yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I yeah. I'm off to win this win week. So said, but.
0: yeah, way to go dummy. All right. Um, so that wraps up the baseball segment. We'll probably coming back and bring baseball back here and there, uh, as we need to fill in some content. Definitely. Once hockey and basketball ends, so we definitely need to get some hockey talk in the next couple weeks but we'll make that work yeah we do we'll have to make that happen yep all right it's cool all right thanks for joining we're going to take a quick break and we're going to move on to the next segment we're going to be covering some uh basketball coverage for wrapping up the episode
2: and i got one more
0: all right so we got alex with us here now talking uh the nba segment so
1: alex how are you doing this week Doing fine, man. Just enjoying some some NBA, some NFL about to come up. So we're doing good.
0: Yeah, the time time's kind of difficult of what to talk. We have to kind of make a decision and what's best for everything. So uh we're gonna kind of put off football for maybe a week when we're gonna start hitting it heavy on uh, draft talk here probably in a couple of weeks and and go from there. But for NBA, so some of these things we want to talk about. First off, Alex, let's talk about possibly the biggest surprise. I'm just gonna say this, but maybe in sports this year. Um the Lakers, is there a bigger surprise, good or bad, in sports than the Lakers right now, Alex? I mean, I know that we had that little bit of run of March Madness with one of those sweetheart teams, but is there a bigger surprise?
1: Not not right now. I can't think of it. I've around for a while. I haven't thought of a bigger surprise of just a disappointing team. I don't think of all big-time sports in years. So, yeah, they're, they're the most current.
0: And I just want to make this very clear, like – this is not meant to be LeBron Lakers bashing. We said this at the start of the season. Uh, the three of us, us, me, Alex, and Tage all talked about it. And we were all very confused by the media. The media was completely on board with this being a championship team. Uh, Kendrick Perkins, the per- I just can't stand him, but hes he said this is a 70-win team at the start of the year. I, I don't understand looking at the roster how you see that unless you're in a time capsule from 10 years ago where you go, Wow, these people are going to carry me to a championship. Um, and, you know, it's really questionable. It's really sad that our major media really thinks they they can't assess talent. Like and that's not to take anything away from LeBron in AD because Alex, I mean, this team has three NBA seventy five players, uh, so we don't take away and discount the talent. It's the construct of the roster made no sense, right, Alex? I mean, that's what confused me the most.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're looking on a, on. You know, if, if you're just looking at, you know, numbers, different things like that, I think currently they probably have four players that are going to go to the Hall of Fame. We put in Howard, uh, Carmelo, Russell, Anthony Davis, and then LeBron. So you got five. You're talking about five oh, Hall yeah. of Famers. Yeah. And, and that's past and future tense. Like they were great at their time in the past and they're going to be, you know, Hall of Famers future. Right now, they're not at their prime. Neither player, none of those players are in their prime right now, including Anthony Davis, who's been injury prone. So, yeah, we talked about it. Uh, We talked about it when in previews, like, hey, they're good. You know, our thought, but the thought was, I know with me, they're good enough to make the playoffs. They're not good enough to win it, but they're not enough to at least just because of the talent, because of Westbrook and LeBron and AD, they're not enough to get there. But did we expect them not to even get in the play? You know, the play-in tournament. That was a shock to me, even to me.
0: Hold up, hold up. Did you say AD's not in his prime? Is that is that what you just said?
1: I'm saying it. I'm going to go out there and let him say it because um, right now uh, he's injury prone. He can't stay healthy, and I think he might be near the end. If he keeps with this, where he can't stay healthy, he might be at the near end of his of his NBA playing career. I mean, injuries sometimes can just haul a person's career. So um, yeah, I'm going out there and say he's he's past his prime.
0: Ooh, strongly disagree. But I respect that. Um, yeah, and I think Anthony Davis is probably the most talented big. I mean, you heard me earlier this year. I said Carl Anthony Towns was the most talented big. And look at him. He's in the playoff. I, I, can't, I can't wait to watch Tim Wolves hopefully make a little bit of a push in the playoffs. But getting back to the Lakers, Alex. So people were talking them up. People were confused. I don't – it drives me crazy that people were confused why the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. Um, so let, let's talk, kind of talk – this is the big surprise – we don't only talk about that. It's it's a bean horse. How do the Lakers fix this issue if they can fix this issue? So let's talk about that, Alex. Um, First off, the first major point is this isn't the same championship team that won three years ago because they're now three years removed from winning. This is LeBron and Anthony Davis and a ragtag core that you're building around them. So that's the first thing they have to really understand is, you're all in on building around these two players. So what do they have to fix it? Well, going into next year, they have seven people on their contract. Westbrook, LeBron, who both make 45 million. AD, Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, Stanley Johnson, and Austin Reeves. So you have seven people on your roster. You have no draft picks for, I think, the next couple of years. First or second round picks. You're minus 41 on cap space. So we, you may always talk about NFL cap, Alex. This is insane. I don't know if there's a way to fix this. So if we can't fix this, Alex, let's kind of talk about a couple of things step-by-step. Step. First thing is, I think we have to admit that regardless of what everyone says, you're building around LeBron and AD for, for this next year. It doesn't matter what happens that year after that, right? You're going all in. It doesn't matter what the cost is. You can't tarnish LeBron's legacy. You can't be that team. You don't want to be that team. You want to be that. You want to be that organization that gave LeBron the ammunition to make his final push to a championship, right? So, they're all in on those two players.
1: Agree? You know what? I don't agree. We're coming out here, me and that and you are not going to agree on this. For the simple fact is, we look, look at it. Let's be honest. We look at this season with the Lakers. Who you think like the? Who, if all the players on the roster, who you think has underperformed considerably? If not giving them what we thought they were going to give. We knew what, what uh Westbrook was going to do. We knew what LeBron was. Who's that player that's, that's that player?
0: I honestly think it's Westbrook. I think Westbrook is the major problem in this whole situation.
1: See, I would say it was Anthony Davis. And not necessarily – we talked about the, the problem by Anthony. Not because Anthony is just a terrible player. It's because he's not been healthy. To me, he's underachieved from that point. You I understand we can't control injuries and things like that. But you expect – a player who I think is, and he's healthy, he can be a top 20 type of player when he's healthy, but he's not been that. So um I, I don't know if they want to necessarily do that where they go, hey, let's get rid of Westbrook and just try with AD and LeBron. I don't I, I don't know. I don't know what the, the decision is because I don't know if you can go forward with Anthony Davis. But this thing about it, I don't know if you can get rid of Anthony Davis. And if you do, you're gonna get what 60 cents on a dollar for him. So you're kind of you kind of screwed if you do screw you don't to me. What do you think? Yeah,
0: so I think there's more to it. I, I think that's the easy answer to flip Davis for whatever he can. I don't think it's that easy because he's not at max value. Um, and when you talk about what Alex is talking about, you know Alex's major concern is, is accurate. he, has never played more than 70, 70 games except for twice in his career. Uh, and the rest of the years, he plays about 60. Like, low 60s is a good year for Anthony Davis. So, what I this is my take on this. LeBron James wants AD there. With LeBron James going into his 38-year-old season, I don't know if there's time to mess with the chemistry. So, we talked about, you know, was the risk worth it because they won a championship? Yes, I, in my opinion – the risk was worth it because they won a championship, just like the Rams. You do everything crazy to win a championship. But to react the way they did to bring Westbrook in, I think, is, is the major issue. Because you know you can win with LeBron and Davis as the core. What I would say to what you're saying, Alex, because LeBron played 56 games this year, Davis played 40 games this year. It is not realistic to expect either of them to play, I would say, more than 62 games next year. I, I, that's what I would shoot for. Which means you treat them like Kawhi Leonard. You give them a load management and you tell LeBron, listen, obviously the GM and owner and everyone's not gonna tell LeBron what to do. Someone's got a reason with him that you dude, you're 38. There's still some greatness there. You're still kind of, you know, you run the league essentially, but you can't you can't operate at that level. Our bodies don't heal that way anymore. it, it just doesn't work. So I don't think. You can risk the last year possibly of LeBron James playing in a Lakers uniform by flipping Davis and going LeBron Westbrook. Because let's be honest, LeBron and Davis work a lot better than LeBron and Westbrook. Because we don't even know if Westbrook works with anyone outside of himself. I, I think that's been proven, right? So, yeah, definitely so, right. so I th- I think that's where we disagree. I think if this was not LeBron James, you know, point of his career, I would 100% agree with you that let's let's redo something, but. Let's, let's just go with my my side of it. Not going to say you're wrong, Alex, but let's just say that they are going to do LeBron James and Anthony Davis going forward in, in this scenario, okay? Um, a lot of the talk, honestly, is on getting rid of Westbrook. I don't think that's a, a hidden secret. I don't think Westbrook wants to be there anymore. I don't think he liked how this year went. Um, he doesn't mesh chemistry-wise with the rest of the team. So I think the real difficult issue is what do you get back For Westbrook, or what do you have to give up to get rid of Westbrook? Um, we heard the trade room earlier in the year. Do you think this team would have better been better off with John Wall over Westbrook?
1: Oh man, that's that's a good one. Um, I'm I'm gonna say no this year, I think they should revisit it in the offseason, and I have no problem with that. I think the way things were going, I think they I, they were that was an offer trade. I think they I think the standard pack was probably the long term goal of not trying to give up you rush up, you know, give up a pick for that, even though they don't have any picks, but they would have to give up a pick to make that happen. So I think short term it was a good thing for them to stand pat and see this all season, what you got at the worst, that trade is always gonna be there. So I I agree with them standing pat. What do you think? Yeah.
0: A well, standing pat with Westbrook. Yeah. Oh no, I think uh, I think he's just I think he's the can. Well, I mean, first off, the coach wasn't the issue. I know Vogel's about to get fired. I, you know, well, when we talked about the start of the year, we talked about what they had to do, which was building the team the right way, and they did not do that. I think I'll be honest. Westbrook, Howard, Camaro, Anthony—they all have to go. 33, Westbrook's going to be 34, Howard's going to be 37, Carmelo's going to be 38. They're a a liability on defense. They can't do what they used to do. Um, It's just, it's not good with them on the court. So for me, it starts with getting rid of all of those players. Um, Some things I've seen is, you know, you could possibly flip Westbrook to a team like, um, you know, OKC. Uh, I think it probably... uh, let's be honest, is there a better place for Russell Westbrook to go than back to OKC? I think that's the safest place for him to go for him in his career.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it would kind of make sense. He, You know, OKC fans, I think, would accept him now. Um, I think with him being gone or whatever, they'd be OK with it. They know they're in a the rebuilding phase uh, still, and him going there kind of would give them a reason. So, yeah, it, it, it definitely would rejuvenate OKC uh, if he went back there. So if you, you know,
0: for me, if you're building around LeBron James, Anthony Davis, what you need essentially is you need guys that aren't the ball handlers. You don't need primary ball handlers. You need maybe, you know, like uh, a backup type of point guard and you need a bunch of like three and D players. I think that's, that's what's always been proven to work with LeBron James and Anthony Davis because this team's going to have uh, Horton Tucker there. It's going to have, I think they, they should retain Malik Monk. Um, with those players, they have to bring in some, some different skill sets there to fix this issue. And I think that really starts with Westbrook. Now, the problem is they don't have any draft picks that they can trade besides their 2027 and 2029 first round picks. So they have no picks this year and they may have one second pick next year. So this is an insane situation they're in. To somehow get something back from Westbrook, if they can do that, that gives them maybe twenty million dollars in cap space to tweak this roster. So, you know, what do you think? Do you think three and D players are kind of the best for LeBron and Anthony Davis? You know, what do you think is the best situation? I, I, there's teams that are going to be available with cap space, Alex, next year. Um, I like, I think I was looking at the Spurs, the Pistons, the Knicks, the Thunder. Uh, the Rockets, you know, some of those are teams with with cap space going into next year. The Pacers, the Blazers, you know, that'd be interesting. Can, you know, can they sell their soul to somehow get Dame Lillard to, to Lakers? Well, I mean, what do you think of those teams I listed out?
1: Well, I think the Lakers, What especially with, back to your first question, I think they need players who can shoot and players who can defend. That's what they, they need. They need defense. Um, they need to be able to defend. They want their championships on defense. So they need guys, younger guys, younger legs that can defend, and they need guys who can need some shooters. And LeBron's always done great with shooters, just uh, like you said in the past, the Mike Millers of the world. You know, they just, they're just just somebody in the Ray Allen's of the world, somebody who can kind of shoot, you know, especially when LeBron needs them to. So uh, that's kind of what I think they kind of need to do. Maybe they back to what you're saying, to your idea, if you can have those two guys who stay healthy or just good enough to get them to the playoffs and you have around him those type of players, they should be an okay team. Um, I can see the two teams. I don't know what team it is, but the team that's going to either uh, get Russ Westbrook as someone who maybe thinks they need to sell tickets or something like that, or a team that's looking for a salary dump because Westbrook, I think, is going into his last year. So maybe you're thinking of, hey, let's take on Westbrook's contract then we can maybe dump some salary at the end of next year. Um, and then we can start over We kind of re- uh, set our cap. Um, or there might be a team like, you know, I'll keep saying New York. Like, New York needs stars. Like, they're a terrible team without Westbrook. They're going to be terrible with them. Uh, you'd sell more tickets, you have someone like Westbrook, you know. Um, but the okay same thing, back to what you're saying, that kind of would kind of help them, especially in a small market like that. When you're losing, you kind of need something to kind of rejuvenate your marketplace. So getting Westbrook back makes kind of sense for that. Other than that, I kind of don't know. It's kind of one of those things of what is the front office thinking, what direction they want to go. What do you think? Well, I'm gonna,
0: uh, yeah, the front office is, is in, in a possible situation. So I'm just looking through these teams that have the cat space next year as of right now. You play the – I want you to play the, the Trailblazers GM in this position. Let's just say hypothetically, Dame, Dame Lillard says he wants out and you're going to do right by him and try to send him to a team. If I, as the Lakers GM, offered you my only two first round picks, which is 2027 and 2029 and Westbrook and Horton Tucker, is that enough to even make you consider that?
1: Not for me, but if we're in a situation where, and we all know about the star players, when they want out, they get the chance to force their way out where they want to. If it's a situation when Lillard's not going to want to play for anybody else, and he can really just force the issue and trade, yeah, you're almost, you know, put a gun to your head. You have to make that trade. If not, he, you trade him somewhere else. He's not, you know, he's the quote, he's not happy. And then you're dealing with the situation that that team wants to trade. And they're like, well, he doesn't want to come play for the Timberwolves or somewhere like that. Well, we don't want him because he wants to go to L.A. So I think you don't want to make that type of trade. You want a lot more, especially give us someone like Damian Lillard. Um, But if he puts the pressure on that team, on Portland, and says, hey, give me, you know, give me to L.A. or, you know, or else, you're almost forced to make that trade.
0: All right. So I think, let's be honest. That's the best case scenario for the Lakers in this Westbrook situation, right? Like you essentially give up whatever you can get. You bring in Lillard because I think Lillard would be actually the right person instead of Westbrook to, to play with the Lakers. He's he's the guy that can make that team probably run. And I think he's a good enough passer to actually facilitate unlike Westbrook. So so at the very end, this I'll let you decide which one you think is the best option number two. There, I think there was some rumors about possibly Westbrook going to the Knicks at some point. Did did you hear that this year? Because I heard, I thought I heard some rumors about that.
1: Yeah, I've heard a little bit about that.
0: Okay, so you got to match the cap space to make this kind of stuff work. So for the Knicks, they do have some cap space, close to cap space next year. You got Kemba Walker on a contract that's getting close to being done. You have Derrick Rose, you know, making fourteen million. You got Evan Fournier. Making about 18 million for the Knicks GM, you get out of a couple massive contracts Fournier, Derrick Rose, Kemba Walker. Um, you clear up a couple point guards, you bring in Westbrook, receive maybe Horton Tucker and a draft pick. I think that's maybe more realistic of a chance happening than the Trailblazers because that will give the Knicks the capability to free up cap space. And I think Westbrook would probably run better with the Knicks than he would with the Lakers. What do you think about that one?
1: I think the Knicks would be happy with it for the simple fact the Kimball Walker thing didn't work out. And I think they're right. ready to move on. So you get the, the ability to kind of free yourself up from that and then have the ability when the Westbrook deal is done to get that money off your books. So I think it will work out for them. Lakers side, I mean, it's not great but if you're you're in a situation where we got to get rid of Westbrook, it's better than nothing. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not a big Kimball Walker fan. I think Derrick Rose can help them out coming off the bench and um, 48 if 48 is part of that trade. I think they could kind of be pieces to help out. I don't know about the Kimball Walker thing. They might end up having to trade Kimball Walker by the trade deadline or something like that again or something like that. Um, But I think if you put a gun in your head, yeah, that's the Lakers would love you know Dave Miller before they love this second trade, but I mean it's workable.
0: Yeah. So and with this one, the 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 reason why Kebble Walker maybe works, um, he only makes nine million, and the and next year's is his last year, so that for the Lakers that gives them some flexibility financially and gets them out of the contract. Because let's be honest. The Lakers are on a one-year plan. They're on they're on the LeBron plan. It's a one-year plan. It matches his contract. So at least with Kemba, it's a one year. With Fournier, the, the thing that's good about Fournier, let's be honest, he's a great shooter. So you 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 fill that shooting guard position. You have a great shooter. You don't need to rely on him, but he's probably a better shooter than LeBron's got to play with for a long time. Maybe like he's a, a clean cut version of jr Smith. <laughs> it's like it's, that could be what Fournier is. So, you know, I think that's the reason why Derek Rose is actually signed into the next following year. So that probably doesn't work. And if Thibodeau still the coach, he probably doesn't want to lose Rose anyway. So, so that's number two. Number three, the last one we're going to talk about is back to the Thunder. How do you make the Thunder work in terms of matching, uh, matching contracts and stuff like that? So with the Thunder. You know, you have. Shai Gilgis, Alexander, which you don't want to mess with him. He's a point guard. So I'm, hopefully you can make these two work. You have some good young talent there, but you know, you got to swap contracts. So the biggest contract they can give up is Derek favors. He's the second most. there, making 10 million. So Derek favors. And I'd say Lou Dort. I don't think, I don't think the Thunder need Dort there. He's going to, he's an expendable piece, but maybe for the Lakers, that's good. Cause he's kind of an energy player. He's a defensive player. Derek Favors gives you kind of a, a backup center, um, someone that can play 20 minutes. So maybe you fl- you flop Dort in Favors for Westbrook kind of straight up. You don't have to give up any draft picks in that trade. What do you think about that one?
1: I'm not sure for either team. Let me think about that. Um, I think that would maybe work for the Lakers. Uh, you definitely not getting the value you would think. Um but you're definitely getting better than you had. I think it, they still would be able to use, especially with the roster they have. So it definitely would help them out. Um, I don't. I said OKC would be into getting Westbrook. I don't know if they want to give up. Give up that, but I think they're expendable. That's the only thing about it is. And sometimes you have these things where the front offices are in love with certain players, like Dort. Like I, I think he had an okay year this year, but I don't think he's someone that you just hold on to and just say hey he's going to be a franchise player but I think he had a you know good year I think he's something that they can flip for um I think it would work out I think it money wise I think it would work out um I don't think the Lakers are getting better um you know so much they their championship team. Um, I would think if they're looking for Westbrook, I think getting rid of Westbrook either getting back a star player or maybe a couple of more role players to maybe help out. I think the, the the New York thing might even work out a little bit better than this for the Lakers. I don't know.
0: What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the reason why I think the next one works better is because the Lakers have seven people under contract. You give up Westbrook, that's six. You have no draft picks. You have no cap space. Uh, if you ever rid of Westbrook, that frees up. Yes, that frees up about twenty million if you don't take a ton of money back. So, I, I you know, for the next, it's almost you can probably get better, better role players for LeBron. You know, I like I said, I think Evan Fournier is a good role player that LeBron needs. He's a good shooter. Um, you know, you have Kendrick Nunn, uh, Malik Monk. You have, you know, Horton Tucker. I think if you surround LeBron and AD with those types of those four players, and you sign a couple of valuable free agents on veteran minimums that are not 37 years old, I think it could be a good team. I mean, you know, who's coming up available? Lowry and Conley. Maybe those point guards you can bring them in to to run also um, on a cheap veteran deal. But I think I, I think Lillard is, is the the hopeful situation. I don't think it's realistic. But I think that Knicks swap, Alex. I, you know, I think that one makes the most sense. I think the OKC one just frees up cap space for the Lakers to sign people. It's just how many people can you actually sign and bring in that are going to make enough of an of an impact. So, um, the next thing to look at is kind of is the coaching situation. They fired Frank Vogel. They won with Frank Vogel. He wasn't the problem. So now they got to figure out what coach to bring in. You know, are we looking at a? Uh, an unknown coach, Alex? Do you think this, this team needs a veteran coach? I mean, because they're not going to listen to a veteran coach, right?
1: Uh, I think the team listens how LeBron listens. That's going to be the main thing. It's going to be between LeBron and the head coach. That's that's the most important thing. doesn't matter about the, any of the other stuff. If LeBron kind of puts his hand on the shoulder and says, this is the guy, and we're going to listen to it, the rest of the team is going to follow.
0: Yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do what they do with that.
1: Um,
0: and like I said, I, I think this is a one year plan. So we'll see. I'm really interested to see how the Lakers do. I feel like it's going to be tough, but I want to see what they do with the Westbrook situation. If I'd put money on it, Alex, I think Westbrook is the one that gets traded. The one that gets moved. Something happens with him. Um, all right. Well, we'll do more Lakers talk later on, but uh, let's move on to some MVP talk. We've been, we've been putting this one off for a while. I know we only got like two, three games left in the season. But, Alex, what, what is it looking like on the MVP side?
1: So MVP odds uh, just got updated a little while ago, most of the book covers around. So right now uh, we're going to mainly stick with the top three because I think right now it's maybe a three-horse race right now. Even though, okay, your boy DeMar DeRozan does definitely consider some some talking, but right now as far as odds, right now there's only three right now. So you ready? Yep. All right. So at number three, in a plus 700, you got your boy, the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. What do you think about that? That sound about right?
0: Uh, as a number one, he's he's the front runner?
1: Number three. He's number three.
0: Oh, he's number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. I agree with him being the third of of, of these ones that we're going to
1: name. Okay. All right, and plus two hundred and number two, you're looking at Joel Embiid from the Sixers. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I let's. This is my honest opinion. I think this is a two horse race. As much as as elite as Giannis is, I go back to the argument I always have: most valuable to your team, most valuable player. Um, I'll explain here in a second when you name the number one person.
1: Okay, and the leader right now in the house and occurring minus two fifty is uh, Joker Jokic from uh, Denver Nuggets. So what do you think about that, him being the leader in the house? Yep, I think
0: I think he should win it. Um, it's kind of weird because when you look at it, technically the other two candidates, their teams are better than Jokic's team, but it's only a two-game difference. However, the big stat that I looked at was what is a team's record when they play with these MVP candidates? So if you look at these three, number three is Giannis. His team's 43 and 22. Beat is 44 and 22. Djokic is 45 and 28. So, what that means is that uh, with Djokic, they don't play as well without him uh, because, uh, where, where is it? 45 because at 45 and 28, they have two, they're two and five without him. If you look at the other two, they have seven wins, six wins without their players. So I think Jokic, just based off of that, is more valuable. And also on top of that, there's a there's there's advanced stats um, for like player evaluation for how important they are to their team. Jokic is number one on that essentially, and beat is number two, and Giannis is number three. So I think it, it already lines itself up based on those kind of two major metrics of why Jokic should win the MVP again. What do you think?
1: This is my thing about um, this, um, and I kind of have preset in my mind. I'm, I'm more on the MB side. I definitely see the Jokers thing and the fact that Jokers really hasn't played maybe with his second best player most of the year. So he's kind of had to handle that. But something gives me the tip on MB. MB has had to deal with all the junk and drama that's going on in, in Philadelphia. He's been enduring this the entire year about – the whole Ben Simmons situation, the whole Doc situation. I mean, he's had to deal with all of that. And he stepped up to me. He stepped up, became more of like a team leader of kind of like, hey, put this I – mean, he's going to put the team on his back and say, hey, look, forget about all that Ben Simmons crap. Let's just ball. Let's just play ball. Let's just do our job. And somehow, some way, he's he's probably going to win the scoring um, – um, championship, even though I think it's kind of really wrong that they go by the scoring championship based on the fact you're average and not how many points you score. So it's a little weird there. Um, but I think Embiid has been consistent all year and I always rag on him about his injury proneness. He's he stayed healthy majority of the this year and I always kind of look at the difference between the two. Jokic is a absolute monster, but as a Posing player or opposing thing, I don't think to myself, oh, my God, we got to play Jokers. When I think of Embiid, if I'm an opposing player, I'm like, oh, we got to play Embiid. He's going to be a problem. He's going to be hell to have to deal with. So um, I think we're you know with those two, it's a two-horse race. You kind of do apples and oranges. You kind of nitpick here and there. Um, but I, I would put Embiid over Jokers. But I understand when you talk about filling up the stat board and everything like that, I can see how Joker is kind of winning. What do you think about my – Thought on that.
0: No, I agree with you. Like Embiid, the 76ers were kind of left for dead at the start of the season. It was not a good start. Tobias Harris has not been as good as the other years. They have had a lot of issues. Embiid has is single handedly carried that team. And even with James Harden coming there, you know, Harden's admitted it's Embiid's team. And I, I do love that those two working together now. I I would have no problem with Embiid winning it because I think he has been that valuable to his team. Um, I, and I get what you're saying. It all makes sense. The one thing I do want to ask you between these three, uh, which is different than MVP, if you had to pick them in order of building your team around, what is your one, two, three? Which I know is a little different than MVP, but in terms of skill set, who would you want to build your team around with those three? Who's number Giannis one? Giannis,
1: and Embiid, and Joker. Giannis, and Embiid, yeah. and Joker. I go just like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, and to, let's be honest, if M B never started with the injury history, I would have him beat over Giannis probably just because of, how good he is at his height, but Giannis is a matchup nightmare. Now the thing that's weird is Embiid's a better shooter from outside than Giannis is. So there's a lot of debate and all that stuff. It's but Jokic is the, the perfect offensive weapon. He's unstoppable offensively, but defensively he's he's not really there. So
1: all right, uh, Let me let's ask just you a move question. on. Let me ask you a yep. question before we move on. Is there anybody in the top three? You know, obviously we talk about. Is there one player that you can't say? that player should probably be in that top three consideration with those three. Anybody
0: else Oh, outside of those three people. Yep. Yeah. The only people that I would even, I think, I think there's a couple of them. Um, A couple are not getting any love at all. I think the two easy ones are Luca and Kevin Durant, just because for Luca, especially he is that team. Now they have made some acquisitions to make that team a little bit better with the multiple guard plate that they have now between Dinwiddie and, and Brunson and a couple others. So I think Dallas has done a better job of supporting Luca. Um, you know, he's only played six, two games Durant, If you played a full set of games, I think he's, he's a shoe in for a top three MVP vote. The two miss. Well, let's say, I think I have three kind of like mystery people that I would consider that won't get any consideration. The first one is Jason Tatum, especially with the Boston Celtics' huge, massive turnaround. You know, I was up on the Celtics at the start of the year. I just kind of shut up about it because they were so bad in, in the first half of the year. The second, Carl Anthony Towns. I'm going to keep talking Carl Anthony Towns up. I think he's phenomenal. I don't think he gets enough recognition. His career, I don't think it's his fault. They've done such a bad job of building around him. The third one is John Morant. He's ascended to a new level. However, the team is so good. That they are competitive without him. So I think that kind of hurts him in terms of MVP race. But I think Morant is essentially, if he would have played a full season, he's kind of on that Derek Rose level of ascension of, you know, being that guy. So I think, you know, that I give you five people in two different tiers, Alex. But if I had to consider them, that's two for this year and a couple for, you know, that should be in the near future, if that answers your question.
1: Man, I'll tell you one thing. I know this is a season award. But if you told me the first half of the season, I probably would have probably leaned DeRozan. But the last since the All Star break, back to what you're saying, Tatum has been on a tear, man. I mean, he's just been yep. on a tear. I mean, he they went from being maybe a lottery pick to possibly being up there, being the number two seed. I mean, he has just put that team in the back, and I, I like Jalen Brown, but I don't think Jalen Brown is a super bone. Number two star in the league. I think Tatum was just kind of a star by a superstar by himself. So um, that's kind of how I think about it.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the one that's kind of forgotten also Steph Curry with with how well they started. They kind of hit a little bit of issues, and then he got hurt. So it's kind of very easy to discount Curry. I think if he would have played the whole year, he'd be at least top ten in consideration. And the problem with the Rosen is they have not won against good teams and i think that's going to really hurt him um and i don't think it's all on him i think it's on that team chemistry with all the injuries they had levine's still not right vuvicic can't really play defense it's a huge liability defensively so i think you know i think the bulls kind of cost themselves once what they got hit with the injury bug all right um we're kind of coming up on our uh on our time limit here so let's quickly talk alex uh, if it ended today, I mean, these, these teams are already in. We're going to talk quickly the, uh, the play-in games. So the eight teams are set, which are the 7 through 10 seeds on both sides. They're already set. It's just a matter of who's playing who. The only thing that's not set is uh, the Nuggets just have to win a game and they're the sixth seed. If they lose both and Timberwolves win out, then they could somehow flop. That's about it. So we're going to just say the Wolves are the seventh seed. The current matchups in the East as of right now today, the Hornets at the Cavs, the Hawks at the Nets. I think those are actually phenomenal playing games to watch. Um, Alex, I, I, you know, I think it's pretty clear cut. Um, I was high on the Hawks to the start of the year, but the Nets are a superstar team. The Hornets have potential. The Cavs are a team that's on the rise. Um, could one of these four shake up the one through six seeds? I, I mean, the obvious answer is the Nets, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's the Nets. Um, it's it's definitely the Nets. Um, Atlanta's kind of come back to life a little bit, um, but it's between those two that it's going to be the Nets. The Nets are starting to get their players back. We still don't know about Ben Simmons. He's supposed to be out for the rest of the year in the play-in game. Who knows? Maybe he starts, you know, the first home game with Brooklyn Nets make it into the major playoffs or whatever. That's a, a cog in a piece we're not even talking about. But, yeah, it's the Nets.
0: All right. On the western side, the Wolves that are the seventh seed who would play – who would host the Spurs. The Spurs, even without their superstar Murray, have won three in a row. They've, in the last ten, gone eight and two – when the Lakers have gone two and eight, so the Spurs have came out of nowhere to steal that ten seed. They play at the Timberwolves, and I think that's a great. You know, I th- you know I-, I have a lot of hope that the Wolves can win that game and show us something because we've seen so much talent there for so long. And Alex, if they win that game, how do you feel about the Wolves potentially playing the Grizzlies in the first round?
1: Uh, it's a favorable matchup to me against the Grizzlies. I think the um, of all the favorable matchups in the first round, um, I like them uh, against the Timberwolves. Um, we're, we're dealing, obviously, with the Timberwolves kind of still being a young team, young to the playoffs. Grizzlies, a little bit, they're young, too, but they've got some playoffs experience last year. So uh, I, I think if I'm a Grizzly fan, I'm, I'm happy with that. Much not the second round possible matchup, but I'm definitely okay with the first round.
0: All right. And the other matchup would be the Clippers hosting the Pelicans. And this is so sad because if Zion would have, I, I don't know if this is a mental thing. He refuses to play. But, man, if Zion would play for the Pelicans, they have a team in the playoffs. The team's not bad, let's be honest. The, teams, the Pelicans actually have a roster that when you look at it on paper, it's not bad. And with Zion, they could be a crazy sleep, like a sleeper team. But he's not going to play for them. He wants out, he wants to go play for the Knicks or whatever, which is a, unfortunately not going to be a playoff team this year. So I'm not really sure, you know, the mindset on that. I really hope the guy that he's really injured and it's not a being a selfish brat kind of thing. But Alex, the Clippers are the team representing LA. They have Paul George back just in time for the playoff push. Do you think the Clippers can beat the Pelicans and make some noise in the playoffs with that roster? Because I think they're a team that's kind of dangerous.
1: I think they could get to the playoffs, uh, the real playoffs. I think they could beat the Pelicans. I don't think that should be a problem. Um, If playoff piece shows up, uh, Paul George, you you should be in in good shape. Um, I actually would like if this was like WWE style where they like have like a surprise entrance or something like that. And like at the last minute, like spring out design, Williams is playing like in his play on end game. I think that would absolutely hype their team up, where it's like, oh, crap, oh, yeah, oh, crap, Zion's playing. It would absolutely give them the edge to beat the Clippers in the playoffs uh, playing game, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I don't know if the Clippers are going to make noise. Are uh, they good enough maybe to take the Suns to six games or seven games? I don't know about that, um, especially if Chris Paul is fully healthy. I think the Suns will take care of the Clippers pre- I'm sure pretty c- quickly about that.
0: Jesus Christ. Now your thing right there, that's all I can think about right now. If you could do that in sports, that would be the most entertaining and amazing thing you could ever see. Just like someone's in a locker room. You don't know who's out there. It's like a timeout middle of the second quarter down by three stadium goes black pump up music comes out and Zion just comes running out in a uniform. He just subs right in that. That would be amazing. I would watch sports more than I do now. If they did shit like that, that's, that's, I, I'm, I want that to happen now, <laughs> all right. What, yeah, let's 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 end it on that. Um, my hopes and dreams, and Zion's just going to crush that by not ever playing for the team that actually has decent talent. So, anyways, Alex, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll catch up again next week and bring another episode. I, you know, it'll be the first round of the playoffs, so we'll have some talk. I think we'll have some of the some of our other podcast hosts on us w- next week. So we'll see which one joins us. But um, is there anything this week you're looking forward to in the world of sports,
1: Alex? Oh, the Masters. Uh, I'm definitely want to see that. And I, kn- I know that everyone's kind of forgot about this guy named Tiger Woods. He kind of was a really big thing a couple of years ago, but he's supposed to be at the Masters this year. I hope he's fully healthy. I hope he's ready to go. I want to see him, see if he can at least get back to trying to get, you know, chase uh Jackson record. So that's why I'll be watching this week.
0: All right. For me, I will be watching and looking forward to some MMA. It's got a great card this week coming up. It's, uh, it's unfortunately, you know, the thing that sucks is it's a pay-per-view. So that means we all suffer, or I guess for some of you that just decide to watch illegally, but anyways, it is a phenomenal card. It is stacked even on the prelims. You have some of the greats. Alex Alexi Olienek is going to be on there and then on the prelims, uh, a couple of okay fighters, but that main card, man, you got a double title. Volkanovski against the Korean Zombie, I don't know if there's a better name in uh nickname in in the UFC. Uh, and then you have the rematch Voljman Sterling against Peter Yan. Uh you know, Sterling won it by getting need in the face essentially to uh, win the championship, really weird way to win it. But Peter Jan was coming out strong in that last fight. So um, it'll be really interesting. Um, and on top of that, uh, you know, there's a up-and-coming fighter, uh, Kamzat Chimav. I can't even say his name right, but every time I watch him, he's amazing. He's, you know, I think he's fighting out of Sweden, even though he's not really Swedish. But he's undefeated fighting against Gilbert Burns, who was a title contender previously. So I'm really looking forward to UFC, two, uh, UFC 273. Should be a phenomenal card. So anyways, guys, thanks for joining us. We appreciate the support as always. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a great sports weekend.